I am at 18.4. You have oh. a conversion in your head. Times two, times two plus 24 or 22 or no, 36. No, it's, it's nine over five. So times nine divided by five plus 32. That's stupid. That's good. It's going to be faster. Really? Hello, my friends. Welcome to the PepCac Podcast. Still in <laughs> you know, one of these weeks, I'm going to have you, one of you guys facilitate this. You should. 76 episodes. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> you just need you to call out sick one day. We'll take over for you. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC Podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 36 of 2022. Happy Labor Day to our U.S.-based listeners where we give the working people the day off to celebrate the working people. I'm Chris Louie, and broadcasting straight out of Prague in Czechia. Who knew I would be the first person on the podcast to broadcast from Europe? With me, I have my co-host, Duke Silver, who made it home safely from Chicago. Yeehaw, now I'm over here in uh, sunny Fort Collins. I'm sorry. I'm over here in sunny Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, this whole time, I thought Prague was in, in somewhere in Russia. So a little, little calendar lesson there for me. Good job calendar lesson that's like geographic lesson but that is you're right geography <laughs> i'm looking at my calendar right now busted yeah so there was czechoslovakia which people the local people here don't really like because it does bring back memories of the soviet rule and then there was czech republic and i'm not exactly sure when they changed over to Czechia, which is what they're known for now i think it was yesterday yeah, i didn't even know that chris yeah. it was yeah. yesterday for sure yeah. Right when you landed, right? Yep, exactly. Just just to confuse you. <laughs> and we also have Glenn Medina, who made it back safely from New Jersey. Hey, everyone. Happy to be home for a bit. Still COVID-free after traveling across the U.S. Cross your fingers there. So, But yeah, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here again. Good to have you back. Loser. No guess. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Welcome. <laughs> so we actually collectively travel from two of the the more dangerous cities uh, areas in the U.S. and made it back safely. So that's always a good thing. But uh, no guess this week due to my travel schedule. But we've been meeting with a lot of people who actually want to be on as guests of the podcast. So we hope to have more on the podcast soon. Combined. So have... what time is it there for you? Hold on. What time is it there for you right Plus now? Plus nine divided Chris, by five. Sorry. <laughs> divided by, by <laughs> divide by two, right? Is that what it is? Or plus twenty five? Oh no! Something... So I'm recording at eleven o'clock at night over here. Damn! Ah, eleven that's not PM. So bad. Yeah. Combined, we have decades of information security experience here, not just to educate but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So we were actually talking on the pre-show about the local breweries here they have in Cheshire. So I thought that might be a, a good topic to open the podcast with. I've had some pretty good local beers here in Cheshire. I guess we're close enough to Germany that there are some good local breweries here. I've tasted a couple of the local beers here and been pleasantly surprised. They actually have pretty good beer here. You know what they say, schlag grab him by the pony. What? 
<laughs> they don't say they that. Don't, that's they don't not say true. that. That's only, that's only <laughs> no. over here. Did you drink? The, did you did you yeah, drink the I boot? So. Is the real question. No. So the boot, I think, is a German thing. I did not have the boot while we were here. They have normal. Uh, so, actually, something I learned here in Europe. So a pint. So there's a pint. Okay. In right. America, there's a pint in the UK. But since we're not part of America or the UK, they drink liters here. So the beers here are served in liters and half liters. Ooh, did you ask for? A... But it's not the same liter, though. It's not the same type of liter that you would, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It's not like the same liter that's from the British liter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I actually got a crash course in beer here, and they said like the UK liter is 500 milli, like the half liter. In the UK, is like 500 mm-hmm. milliliters, and the half liter in the rest of the EU is like 505 milliliters. So you're it's about like one percent off, but close enough. Did you ask for a liter huh. cola? No, no, Farva. I did not ask for a liter of cola. Uh, look at the super troopers reference. He's getting it, guys. He's getting it. <laughs> and tell everyone how much you've had to drink so far today. But it is 11 o'clock his time. We're, we're me and Glenn are still rookies over here at three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, no we kidding. had a few of the, the local <laughs> beers here and then uh, had a Cuba Libre after that. So I, I did break the rule. I did drink beer before the, the hard liquor. So we'll see if I'll be paying for that later on or not. Well, are you done? My understanding, though, is Budweiser is really originally from Czech, not from Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. Sorry about that. What? That can't be true. Budweiser is America's they um, come. Tr- <laughs> the recipe it. is, yeah. The recipe <laughs> they re- is from oh. they rebranded themselves from, from as America. Yeah. I mean, every episode of Cops where there is a wife beater shirt on, there is an ice cold Bud Light in his hand. Just saying. Yep, here it is. Budweiser Budvar is a brewery in Czech city of Czech Budapest, best known for its original Budweiser of Budweiser Budvar Pale Lager. Ooh, do they have horses? There you go. Thing. The Clyde sales. The more you learn, the more you learn. Yeah, and when I when I spent time in Europe, and this is Germany, the beer was served warm. It's not ice cold like you're used to here in the states. Is that true, Chris? And the only time, I don't know. Yeah, Chris, is that true? But when we had the beer tonight, they actually had the beers in the the cups or the mugs, the half liter mugs. They stored them in ice water, so the beer mugs were actually ice cold here and the beer that came out was pretty cold so we it was not warm or, or room temp here when when we got it today wait wait, wait. hold on <laughs> hold on you, you are you are the biggest uh what do you call that the uh Super spreader. what's the germaphobe germaphobe this that you are at, that i know of and storing something in ice that people's hands go in and out of is something that you would drink from really chris yeah, they say alcohol kills everything, so why not? Beer, yeast. <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Chris, I think you should uh, yeah. go take an ice bath. Do it. All the kids, yeah, all the cool uh, kids are I'd, doing it. Yeah, I'd have to take multiple trips to the ice machine to be able to do that. No, no, I'm just saying, go back Maybe. to the restaurant we'll and jump in. <laughs> You're not, you're not big enough for me to jump in. You're not catching what I'm pitching here, man. Jesus. <clears throat> they did have that. No one catches what you're pitching there, Brian. 
All right. For our opening topic, there is an article in the Wall Street Journal about using your phone as a hotel key, and the title of the article is "Hotel Key on Your iPhone Is Great Until It Isn't." And I actually experienced this myself. So the last two trips I took, so we we all、uh, went to Black Hat, and I used my phone as my key in both of the hotels that I stayed in there. And then last week when we were broadcasting from Chicago. I also use my phone as the key, and personally, I had no issues whatsoever. It was actually a lot faster because when I went to the check-in line for the hotel, it was really, really long in all the hotels that I've been in. And checking in through the app, it says use your phone as a key. Check in through your phone, and no issues whatsoever. I registered. I used my phone as the key the entire time. It opened when I said open Sesame. I had no issues with it whatsoever, and it was a Very positive experience. I didn't have to see anybody. Checkout was a breeze. I checked out through the app and didn't have to see anybody. And I just left my room. Didn't have to to go to the front desk. But I guess some people have had problems with that. So if they get to your room, the key, your phone as your key doesn't work, then you have to go down to the front desk, get a hard plastic key. And some people think that's a hassle. But at least for me, no issues whatsoever. Oh wait, hold on. You did have an issue. Not maybe in. Where you are right now, but you did have an issue in Vegas, so come clean there. I don't remember、Chris. having an issue with that. And what did I, what did you did I have in Vegas? You, you couldn't get in the elevator to your floor. Oh, that I, I user. <laughs> I think that was actually one hundred percent my fault. <laughs> no, I was in, I was in the right elevator, but I was taking typical blackhead and defcon precautions, and I disabled the Bluetooth on my phone. So I think that was the reason. It wasn't working. Ah,、uh, so you what? But what did you end up doing because you didn't realize you had done that? So someone actually in the elevator was luckily going the same floor, and they they let me piggyback basically. Okay, so you never ended up getting a key after that? Or no, no, and all of, be- all my time in Vegas, all my time in Chicago,、uh, the hotel that I'm at currently in Cheshire, they don't support the phone key, so I actually do have the hard plastic key, but. For、okay. the phone key, no issues whatsoever. I think it's actually really nice.、Uh, didn't have to interact with anybody, and yeah, it was it was a good experience overall. Gotcha, gotcha. You've redeemed yourself, Chris. Yep. Have you guys ever tried that?、Uh, Hilton does it.、Uh, there's a number of other hotel apps that do it. I did. I'm. Yeah, I've, I've tried it once. I didn't really care for it, so that was it. Short lived. Yeah, to me, it's something instinctive as、uh, like having a key in my pocket, and I, I actually ask for two because it never fails that when I use one, the second、uh, that doesn't work, so I have to end up using the second one.、And、I just hate hate having to take multiple trips, and then you know I do it as more of a safety thing for me, or just a. a Not a safety. It's more of a convenience. I always have one in my pocket when I check in, and I take the other one and I throw it in my wallet. So just in case I lose the key, I still have the spare, and I don't have to go by the front desk. Glenn is a man of many talents. I have a system. Yeah, I have a system. I always ask for a、I'm、physical、cookie. key, not like a plastic card. I just want like a metal key that I can just have. The metal key on my key,、yeah. on my key chain. <laughs> And they gotta cut it for you at the time. <laughs> yeah, they look at me like. Can you imagine asking me like, I-, "I want a key," and they're like,、oh, "Yeah, we gave you a key," and they're like, "That's plastic," and they're like, "No, no, 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 I want the metal key." 
Yeah, well, what I see sometimes as an OPSEC fail for some of the colleagues that I travel with is they'll carry their physical plastic key in the envelope that has the room number on it. And I just tell them, like, if they know the room number and they have the key, you know they can break into your room, right? So Yeah, that's poor OPSEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I do it anyways. I don't care. Come, come break into my room. Speaking of which, like, are you guys weirdos like me? Do you guys like travel with like a little like mini router and a camera? That way, when you put up the do not disturb sign, you can see if anyone's walking in your room. No, I don't do that. I can see why you'd want to do that in certain regions of the world. I can definitely see that. There's the you know the so-called evil maid attack that tries to access your laptop when you're out, and I've known colleagues they do the hair test they put a piece of hair they shut their laptop lid they put a piece of hair uh somewhere on, on the laptop and when they come back the hair is gone which means someone opened their laptop while they were gone so that definitely is a potential fear but i don't worry about it that much that i actually do that so pre-covid i was batting like a thousand percent literally every time i have up the do not disturb sign there was a maid in my hotel room and we catch him with the camera and i always, and I always brought my little wise camera that does the pan tilt zoom so as they're walking in, it's all uh-huh. it's all falling in them. When they realize it, they're like, Ugh! and they just make a beeline. <laughs> and then I, w- I would always go and complain. They're just like, oh, they, they must have thought that you said come on in or something. I was like, no, I have a sign up. Like, I don't understand what you guys are doing here. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty universally recognized. Because even when I, like, if I ask for, for service and like, yeah, we'll send someone up to service room as long as your do not disturb is not up. So there you guys have it. Yeah, I've never had that problem. Yeah, you don't I think do, you have. Yeah. I would do the hair, like the hair trick I, with the laptop. I don't have any hair, so. Well, you have yeah. hair. It's yeah, you have beard hair. Not a, not a, <laughs> not of significant length. Yeah, <laughs> the beard hair, like this thing, is like, I think at the longest right now, it's probably about two inches. That should work, right? Two inches yeah, is a lot, right? Work. I mean, yeah. Right, guys. Two yeah, inches my, is a lot. Hair on, little, on top of my head. It's a little thicker than hair hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I got your two inches right here, buddy. (laughs) And on that note, for our first topic, uh, a report has come out that uh, a security researcher actually made a pretty cool tool. It's called inappbrowser.com. And for anyone that's ever used in a mobile application, like on the iPhone or the Android, and you open up like Instagram or TikTok or even like the Reddit app and you click on a link, it sends you to the local browser. So it doesn't send you to your your default browser like DuckDuckGo or Safari. It opens up a browser within the app. And just for me personally, I have a habit of anytime that it does that, I always hit the button to escape to the local browser just because I don't want anyone tracking me in the app. And it turns out, that so this this inappbrowser.com opens up the the mobile the mobile apps browser inside a browser and it actually does like something like a man in the middle proxy and it looks for anything that's added to the website that's not loaded natively to the website and it turns out that the TikTok browser so if you click a link inside of TikTok and you open up the browser and you use the native browser within the TikTok app it's actually tracking every single one of your keystrokes, which is pretty scary. And depending whether or not you trust ByteDance, so ByteDance is a parent company of, of TikTok. And when this report came out, ByteDance says, yeah, we collect keystrokes, but we only use it for 
troubleshooting purposes or performance purposes, we never actually store any keystrokes from the user. So I'll leave it up to our listeners to make the call of whether to believe them or not. But I mean, that's just been my longstanding policy even before I knew about this. I don't use any in-app browsers within the applications. I always, always switch to DuckDuckGo. And this just reinforces that because these apps that you have installed on your phone are injecting JavaScript to do things like track where you go, track your keystrokes, and see what pages you're visiting. So these apps just don't need to know that, and it doesn't change my experience if I use the local app on my phone. So I, I had another kind of like weird experience, and I think I even shared it with you guys. I had I had copied, I think it was like a screenshot, and then modified that turd a little bit, and copied it, quote, you know, and then deleted it real quick, went to Instagram, then I got a notification banner saying that Instagram dumped my cl- my uh, my clipboard. So had that yeah, so had that been a password, they would have gotten it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Was that when your your phone started acting all kinds of funny too? No, no, no. Uh, this is a couple weeks before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't use TikTok. I I had it on my phone, and then after hearing all those other things, I just removed it because it I didn't want any association with that or having. Plus, you can't dance, so why why even have it, you know? Why bother? Why bother? I have two left feet, so. So what kind of? I'm not. I've, I'm not rhythmically. I'm rhythmically challenged, <laughs> unlike unlike you, Brian. So. So what kind of possibly like what could what could have TikTok been trying to do to, to quote unquote troubleshoot by capturing your keystrokes? Like, yeah, I'm not user sure experience. What they, like, what Maybe that? yeah, like if if they keep like you keep trying to reload the same website and then they say, oh, maybe something's wrong with this website. Maybe this website doesn't work well in our, in our system, our in-app browser, but I don't know what reason they would have to record the keystrokes of the users. They're adamant that they're not storing any of this data, but that's whether or not you trust ByteDance, which is a Chinese owned company. And you know, that's more trust than I'm willing to give at this point. How do you how do you type in a SQL injection in Mandarin just to be safe? I have a I have a, an idea here, guys. <laughs> yes, always start with an apostrophe. Try yeah. that. Yeah. Drop all tables. Comment. Love yeah. Brian Beach. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just ByteDance. It's also Instagram and some of these other applications that. Uh, open up a browser with, within the app, even the Reddit app. If you like, you download the original, the official Reddit app, and you click a link that's supposed to take you outside, or Twitter. Yeah. Even all these apps try to. My my original thought was they try to keep you inside their own ecosystem. So when you close it, it goes back to the app because they track metrics like daily active users, daily use time, and things like that. So um, I thought my motivation for them was targeted advertising, but it actually gets much worse than that. They're actually tracking you when you're using these in-app browsers. I, I thought the whole time it was well, Safari. It, I, I didn't know it was their own special yeah. browser. Well, remember you you, you got on me, Chris, because I would copy the URLs out of those and be a forward slash, a, a question mark forward slash or something like that. Yeah, the tracking. Glenn, delete everything. Yeah, the yeah, tracking, delete the tracking portion of it. So, yeah, I didn't, yeah, like I said, I didn't realize that. So, yeah, Shame that and... And you actually sent it to us that DuckDuckGo has a service, uh, email forwarding service. So when marketers email you and it has a tracking link in it, DuckDuckGo will automatically strip that to the very basic link and then forward it to your your email. So that's actually a pretty cool service. So 
For those I love our... that service right now. <laughs> yeah. For those of our listeners, I'll drop a link in the description. But yeah, DuckDuckGo does something to remove all the tracking details from links and emails. Yeah, uh, early adopter here. Like I said, I was trying to see if I could, uh, you know, try and figure it out. And the whole idea there is the concept of just some level of, you know, the, the link tracking, right? So trying to figure out. It, 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 it turns out it's actually not its own email service. It's just a forwarding service with some link removal, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, they don't, they don't actually store anything. They just remove the link and then forward it on to you, which is pretty clever. But like anything early adopter you try and you try and grab all the cool email um email email addresses at duck so yeah i got i got what did you get chris so i got my i don't know if i want to give it away but i i got one that i wanted uh when i originally signed up for gmail it was unavailable so i had to add Uh new additional letters or numbers to it but i actually got the user ID I wanted for uh, at duck.com this time around because I was learned about it early enough. Yeah. I'm dying to know what it I is. I tried a couple of letters. I tried a couple of initials like G at duck and it wouldn't let me do that. So <laughs> I think there's a minimum character like this. Chris, put in the chat window. I'm curious. I'm not going to say it, but I'm curious what it, what it was. Is it like a movie reference, TV show reference? No, it's just, uh, just something that I wanted that that's boring. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> if you guys remember uh, when Microsoft, so Microsoft's free email, so they first started with Hotmail, and they started, the next one was Live, and then they had at Outlook.com. And when they launched at Outlook.com, there was absolutely no restrictions, no input validation whatsoever. So people were registering like customer service at Outlook.com and some ridiculous things. I actually was able to register something pretty offensive because I, I just thought it'd be funny to own it. And I actually still have it to this day that I, I have an offensive username at Outlook.com just because it was the Wild West. You could register literally anything you wanted. Well, speaking of uh, creepiness and tracking and stuff, did you guys catch the Joe Rogan podcast with Mark Zuckerberg by chance? No, but I can I can imagine how that went. Dude, like, Zuckberg, Zuckenberg, excuse me, he, like, he, like, he comes off, like, obviously, he's a smart guy, like, he, like, he knows a lot of things, but the second you question on something, question him on something that might be a little edgy, he's like, ah, I don't know, I haven't heard of that, <laughs> like, it's so weird, but, like, his, his whole thing, it sounds like, it's basically the same like thing he response. pulled on Capitol Hill, then, a little bit, yeah, yeah. anytime he's in front sounds of like Congress, sounds like his response to Congress, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. can go, like, 10 miles deep on something, and then you ask him about, Hey, you know, we heard that such and such groups are all, you know, run by the Chinese uh, mafia. He's like, oh, no, never heard of that. He's like, really? Like, you know, 99 out of 100 of them? He's like, no, that's never come up to me. But he knew every other thing that's coming up. And that wasn't a real use case. I didn't want to put anyone on blast. So, so now I got to go watch that. I got to go listen to that. Now. Listen on, You can listen on one and a half real easy and get through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of neat because like Joe kind of grilled him on some stuff like he didn't let him off like like what we what should have happened on capitol hill joe actually executed on it but he he still was able to tap dance pretty uh good around it let's see i want to know what mark zuckerberg's end game what what was he trying to do on joe rogan's podcast was he trying to say that facebook is not an evil company it's not pretty much yeah. massive amounts of data it's not negatively it's just... affecting you know people socially like that was his he was trying to evangelize that yeah, he was he was asking, but well, I think 100%, right? We're just here to try to do good stuff and just, you know, spread good information. 
And then Joe hit him with, like, he's like, well, isn't it kind of weird that you can kind of, like, control, or as he would like to call it, signal, like, the, you know, what comes up on your feed for, like, three and a half billion people? He's like, well, you know, like, if, if people don't like it, they'll just go somewhere else. I'm like, but you still have control over three and a half billion people. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just dodging the question. Yeah. 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 And then I also found out, like, the, the angry emoji does nothing on a Facebook post. They take that into, like, zero balance into what goes on. Because at the end of the day, they want to not make things that are not fun or happy as popular. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the same problem. Like, the bombshell report about Twitter. That's not a story we're covering this week. But there's a bombshell report from their former CISO, Mudge, who's extremely well-respected in the information security space. And he basically said that Twitter executives were so focused on user growth because that's how they get their bonus. They pure their purely paid on bonus, one of the metrics was user growth, that they were not worried about bots or Chinese you know, propagandists taking over, creating these accounts on Twitter, because they're just so focused on user growth to hit their bonuses. For our, our second topic, uh, there's a new attack that can, uh, that can exfiltrate data out of air gap systems. And I thought this was almost pretty interesting. I, I'm always very interested in attacks that can you know, exfiltrate data from air gap systems. So an air gap system is a system from which it's not connected to the internet. It's normally not connected to most networks and they house very sensitive information. Like uh, Lockheed Martin, after Lockheed Martin got hacked, the F-35 project was uh, data was stolen by what we believe to be the Chinese uh, People Liberations Army, their, their hacking team. And they, they took that completely offline. So if you wanted to access any of the F-35 files, you had to like physically be there. You couldn't access it over VPN or, or remotely. But somebody created an interesting attack to exfiltrate data using the LEDs on a network card. So they would take over the network card of a device. And the, since they're not internet connected, it'd have to be snuck in somewhere like through a USB drive or through, through some other means. But it would use the network card's LEDs to... Uh, turn on the L the LED on the network card to use Morse code. So the <laughs> LED would blink using Morse code to exfiltrate the data. And not only that, but the attack would also have to have access to something like a uh, CCTV camera that was pointed at that network card to receive the, the data. But just goes to show that just because the system is air-gapped, it doesn't mean that data cannot be exfiltrated from it. I'm going to have to imagine that that CCTV is probably like high quality, given that it's air-gapped and what's going on over there. That's pretty wild, though. Creative. You know who would have picked up on it right away? Yeah. Dwight Schrute from The Office. He knows his Morse code. <laughs> He'd be watching the camera <laughs> and says, that network card's blinking in a, in a predictable fashion. I did not see that. Yeah, I've seen other clever attacks like using the frequency like ultrasound using ultrasound on the hard drive so they would move the hard drive motor also in some kind of morse code and they'd have to have a smartphone nearby to pick up the ultrasound but you would think if you're in an air gap system that there'd be no cell phones allowed but if there's uh, some other type of device in, within the room that you could potentially exfiltrate data from these air gap systems can you imagine how much data can you <clears throat> can you extort using morse code i mean that's like very that's serial right it's it's not i mean i guess you gotta catch it blinking very fast are they recording it someplace else got it and then taking that data and then yeah decrypting it likely likely they're recording it like if it's a even if it's a 32 character password you know, 32 
characters in Morse code. It doesn't take a whole lot. Basically, what wow. you're saying is they have a room full of 89-year-old veterans just crunching away Morse code. <laughs> I would hope that at this point in time, it's they like have that. some sort of OCR, right? They can just pick it up and translate it on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, AI machine learning. They have something that could translate the, the Morse code from the lights into human readable content. Yeah, air gap systems, not, not as secure as we thought. Yeah, when, it just goes to show where, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think that this particular researcher like specializes in getting data outside of air gap systems. So I think air gap also means that you need to have other controls in place that People can't access the cameras if they're not supposed to. People can't bring cell phones into the environment just because there's just so many clever ways now for people to, to get that data out. Sounds out. But how, I mean, so many things. Like, so number one, you got to be able to even hack the computer somehow. And now you're you're writing, is it OS level? Probably not like kernel level type of, I'm the NIC driver. I have no idea what you're doing to make that happen. And then once you've got all that working, you're like, now we need you guys to plant a camera over here and go undetected or like you said cctv but still geez man that's that's wild and like do you even know the layout of the data center like those some of those things got some narrow walkways well maybe the cctv is on the same system as the network now so it's easy just to monitor yeah hopefully not and typically network cards are on the back side of a server so you have to have a camera pointed the the back of the server with a door. With clean cable <laughs> with management. door. Think about it. Like, you guys have seen yeah. some disasters over there. Oh, Can you imagine? You write, like, all this happens, right? Bad <laughs> You infect a server, and it's number 32, the bottom of the rack, and you can't even see that thing. It is just a dark wall of, of just cables draping down. You really needed to be installed in the top one where you had access to that light. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not buying it. I don't think this hurts. Foiled by poor cable management. Yeah, that's, that's actually a a good security feature now. Right now, some yeah, that's what we'll start seeing. <laughs> we'll start seeing people put tape over the LEDs on the the network cards. Right. Yeah, it, there's a command though, isn't there? A command that you could lights out on the on the NIC. I know for the home routers you can. I don't know about these these uh industrial the 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 data center routers or, or switches yeah oh maybe wait wait no, i'm thinking the other side i'm thinking the actual switch but you're talking about the you're talking about the actual server itself right? yeah yeah the network part so, on on the server yeah maybe there's a way to block out the lights but it's not your first instinct that when i install these servers i'm going to first turn off the leds on it yeah how many people think, or right now they're genius, but man, looking at the blinky light, is it Morse code, or is it just my yeah, Zoom stream? Yeah, to determine, have I been hacked? Wow. All right, for our third topic, uh, this is a story we didn't cover it in the the past weeks after it came out, but I just thought it was, it was a, too good of a story to not cover. And uh, apparently there's these Bitcoin ATMs. I'm sure everybody has probably seen this in a mall. Sometimes you see them at like a 7-Eleven convenience store where you put money into the ATM and it'll send you some Bitcoin or vice versa. You send the ATM some Bitcoin and it spits out some cash for you. Well, it turns out that there's, there was a zero-day 
vulnerability in these ATMs where a an attacker could go out there on Shodan, scan for these ATMs that were exposed to the internet, and use a specially crafted URL to basically put the ATM in first-time setup mode. And in first-time setup mode, you get to set the admin password. So these attackers were going out to these ATMs, setting the admin password, logging in as admin, and they basically put a script in that says anytime somebody you know, send some Bitcoins. Anytime anybody withdraws some Bitcoin, send it to this hacker's address. So these people were like putting money into the Bitcoin ATM and the the money ended up going to the attacker and like, hey, where's my where's my Bitcoin? How come I didn't get my Bitcoin? Or, you know, they, they try to with with uh, deposit some Bitcoin and withdraw the money. And then when they deposited the Bitcoin, it went to the attacker's address and then same thing. Some people would be really confused and says, hey, how, how come I never got my money? Well, the the address that they were supposed to send it to never got it because somebody went into this ATM and reprogrammed it to always send the money to the attacker's address. So the company that makes these Bitcoin ATMs, they've since released a patch and they said anybody who runs these ATMs patch immediately. But when they went on, on, on Shodan, some security researchers went on Shodan to look up these Bitcoin ATMs exposed to the internet with you know zero authentication, they said there were still you know, a number of these ATMs still out there that were vulnerable to this attack. Can I get an auto update? Jesus. And you would think, yeah, (laughs) you would think that they would have, uh, (laughs) the bad guy, right? Like rather than take the entire pot, like just siphon off a little bit of it, like office space. Yeah. Like salami slice, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Greedy, greed, 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 greed gets you everything. So how much did they make out with? And how long was it going on for? How much they made out with? I think it was going on for a few weeks before people noticed that something was was actually up. Before they discovered this zero day in the code. It was a trick question. I was hoping you'd say, I don't know how much I made out with it. And I'd be, oh, we got him, guys. <laughs> it wasn't me. The shaggy oh, defense. I mean, these, I guess there's a different infrastructure for these crypto um crypto atms unlike the highly regulated bank atms right even atms that are sitting on the you know you kind of third-party atms that charge you twenty dollars for a withdrawal of twenty twenty dollars right so i just wonder like how is this regulated anywhere as far as who's who owns these things and the the money that's making it on it and who's checking these guys to see how you can get your money back and yeah, just the the fact that you know if I if I got money stolen out of my bank, I'd go back to the bank and go listen. There's ATM, like I want my money back. So I think you give the banks way too much credit when you said these ATMs are highly regulated. Um, I I remember there's a grocery store by my house that had an ATM inside it. It was like one of those standalone ones, and I remember seeing on top of this ATM, it there was literally a Cisco access point and switch sitting on top of the ATM with the all the ports exposed. So like when you think of the damage you can do to an ATM that has exposed ports like that, uh, there was you know the, also the attack that all the ATMs had the same key, that you just buy a replacement key for this ATM and you could open up any ATM that, that you wanted to. So when you say highly regulated, I think that, that's a stretch. Okay, let me take that back. Was that like <laughs> the, one of the top five banks that are out there? ATM or is this like one of these mom and pop gas store gas station ATMs that anybody can buy off of a third party or whatever? 
I think it was a major bank ATM. I think it was major bank ATM, but it was, oh, wow. pro- it was probably operated by some third party that like normally you're supposed to put the router or the switch inside the ATM and put it behind mm-hmm. the lock and key. But for some reason, they just threw it on top, and it was just a, literally a Cisco router wow. access point sitting on top of the ATM with exposed network ports. Yeah. Hmm. So if you had the opportunity to kind of man the middle of that, would you guys go out to like Hack 5 and buy like a plunder plug or something like that just to, just to see what you can get? Well, it'd probably be illegal to do that without ex- explicit permission, but you can just imagine the, the fun you could have if you were some type of some type of attacker. We're all talking hypothetically here, Chris, but we got to give people the real deal instructions <laughs> on how to do this stuff. So when I managed the group, I managed a you know, a group of network administrators, one of the jobs that they had was, you know, the many ATMs that are out there for this previous company of mine. And they had an ASA 5505. Do you guys remember those little five port? Yeah, I even have one at home. Yeah. Yeah. And set up uh, a VPN tunnel, site to site VPN tunnel, you know, communications back and whatnot. Ports are locked down and, and everything else. So uh i i I go back to you know that exposed switch and i'm like who's managing that is that that you know that's not a managed switch so i was just wondering if it was a switch or if it was actually one of those asa 5505s that that it was commonly used at that time right so yeah hopefully it has something turned on like port security so that only authorized mac addresses can interact with it but yeah, I think, again, we're giving that way too much credit that they actually thought about that instead of just throwing this yeah. switch on top of an ATM. Yeah, I, I, I guess I got to do my homework now to see how many actually, how big of a thing Bitcoin ATMs are, because I imagine it's probably the wave of the future, right? So yeah. maybe it's something we should invest in. Search on Shodan. You'll see. Yeah. I've actually looked into it. It's not that lucrative. And there isn't a lot of them like, in Arizona, no? yeah. Yeah, I know the fees they charge are it's exorbitant, like sometimes the commission, like me as a consumer, if I want to buy or sell Bitcoin, I think the commission is like 10% or something, but I think a lot of that commission gets paid in franchise fees and then whoever you put the ATM on, like if you put it in a mall or you put it in a 7-Eleven, then you have to give them a cut of everything too. Yeah. So who actually get hit with that? Maybe thing? I'll put one in front of my house. The ATM owner <laughs> or was it the, the people that, they, they must have lost out on a ton of money, right? If they're taking the yeah, I would, on top of every transaction. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in this case, the ATM uh, manufacturer, I, I personally feel they should be on the hook because this was a security vulnerability in their software through no fault of the uh, the uh, secure, the uh, owners of the Owner. ATM. Yeah. Like, if this still happens like a month after they release the patch, then I have no sympathy for people that don't patch, but... It, up until the point that the vendor released a patch, I think the vendor should be on the hook for that. I'll tell you what, if they acknowledged it and started you know, paying people back, then you know that they've been taking serious amounts of money every time a transaction happens. <laughs> Those fees are yeah. going through the roof. Right. All right, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, I'm posing the question to my co-host. What would you refuse to buy even if you were a millionaire or... I'll also replace it with exorbitantly wealthy. What would you still not buy? You've already asked this question. How so drunk I'll... are you? I don't know. Yeah. Didn't ask What's this. Going on? Did I ask yeah, this? You... Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't ask. We didn't do this. Yeah, we did. Because it was just like, oh, it was like I'm not going to buy like the Apple Care or something like that. I forget. 
All right, Brian. Well, why don't you come up with the fourth topic then? I don't have anything to contribute. <laughs> I didn't like got nothing for you. You remembered that? That that was just a one segment of. That's not something that we wouldn't buy. I guess that is something we would never buy. But no, 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 no. That was something you would never buy. Period. Even if you had whatever. But this is as a millionaire. Okay. You've got oodles of money going out there. What would you not buy? I'm invincible. Like, a haircut? A haircut? <laughs> what is it, Brian? I'll, all right. I'll play games. Right. Let's, let's I'll, let Chris go first. I'll, I'll put it now. I'll put an alternative question then. All right. No, 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 no. Let's go with this. Don't let him. Don't let him. Don't let me you bully here. you, Christopher. Chris. Don't let him bully you around. <laughs> we stick with this one. Speaking of bullies, you should see what freaking Glenn was up to on the, on the no save chat this week. Woo! It was hot. all right so my thought of what would you refuse to buy even if you're exorbitantly wealthy um the the first thought that came to mind was designer baby clothes and this came to mind because i there's somebody in my circles that actually did this for their kid and they actually posted on instagram so when they brought the baby home from the hospital and this person posted online that says, uh, my baby's only coming home in Armani or something. And then, like the baby was wearing like an Armani hoodie. And <laughs> I said, well, first of all, like this baby's not going to remember anything. Number two, this baby's going to outgrow this thing in like a matter of weeks. And there's just no point in like buying exorbitantly expensive clothes for a baby or even a kid for that matter. They're just going to grow out of it and you're, they're just not going to be able to appreciate. So that's. Something I would refuse to buy, even if I were exorbitantly wealthy. You get some rich friends, man. I had a similar Facebook post, but it was just like, my baby's not coming home unless we have cheese whiz in the fridge. So, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, you're next. No, you're next. No, 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 no. No, you can't escape this one. This one's all Something you. Something I wouldn't buy? I, I have no idea, man. I think I need more time. If only we had, like, show up. Show notes of prep to give me ample time to think of this. Hey, this was in the uh, show notes. Just saying. It, obviously, I just didn't have a chance to read it because. Yeah, so I, I'll go there. right. I, I'm I'm with you, Chris. There there are certain brands of clothes that I just stay away from because I just would never wear that. Right. I mean, I tell my wife, you know, there's one thing that I I want I I I I wish I could have but never would wear it. And that's like, you know, one of those Movado stainless steel watches, you know, it's chrome, it's got a black face, it just looks so cool. But I told her, don't ever buy that for me. It's something I do want, but I, I don't, would never, ever wear it, right? It's just, it's, it's just not. He's just hoping you find it style. on like a, a dead body somewhere. He's like, you claim it first. Yoink. Even if I did, I still wouldn't wear it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we were, you know, like I said, walking around New York with my mom and, and she's got her jewelry. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, like, I don't understand why you're wearing, you know, jewelry in New York. And you're just asking to be robbed is what I told her. And I, I was so uneased with her walking um, where people were, you know, bumping into us or whatnot. And I was more afraid of someone, you know, pickpocketing us or something like that. And those are things that make me uncomfortable. I'd rather walk on the street like holy shirt, you know, shorts, flip flops, looking poor, so that way no one bothers me. You're the guy that has the money, though. I guarantee you always have cash. You and Chris. So I'm going to go for you guys. 
You always get that tip money. No, I, I seriously, I, if I have 20 bucks in my pocket, it is a lot of cash. So <laughs> unless I know if I know I'm going somewhere, then I had cash in my pocket. So yeah, since the so, pandemic, I don't carry much cash with me. Everything's just contactless payments now. I just have my phone and Apple Pay everything now. Like, I never really care, carry that much cash with me anymore. So I, I literally left the hotel room earlier to walk to Target to buy beer so I could, you know, have a beer with you guys on the podcast. Uh, long story short, I didn't buy anything except for like some fruit stripes and some crystal light and then like two pounds of ham. But don't, don't worry what I'm going to do with that. Uh, but <laughs> two pounds of ham. What you, how are we not going to worry about what are you going to do There's a story with that? here. Two pounds of ham. Well, here's the first empty container. I was just hungry. I was just like, I needed some uh, protein. So I just went for it. It was good. Um, but anyways, but long story short, I'm, I have a shirt that just says embrace violence. But as I was walking back to my hotel room, there's a guy on a bicycle. He stopped and he looked at me and he saluted me. He goes, I'm scared of violence. So I don't know if this has to do with our conversation, but I'm going to share it with you anyways. Guys, I can't tell you what I wouldn't buy. I am literally have nothing that I, if I don't like it, I'm just not going to buy it. So, and if I want it, I just go out and buy it. I have like a weird... No, but that, that I think that's not the question, though. It's it's not that you wouldn't buy. It. What's something that you would want but never buy? Right? Is that what you're trying to get to, Chris? No, it's not. It's not even something no? that I would you would want. Like I don't want designer yeah. clothes for my baby, and you know, yeah. on the sort of the same vein as what you were saying about uh, designer stuff. Like I would never buy like a Sony laptop. Like a Sony laptop is just as good as a Dell laptop or Lenovo laptop, but just like you know, 20%, 50% markup. I got it, guys. I would never buy a slave. You know what? I can't believe you guys didn't say that. <laughs> I'm a good human being. All the money in the world, I'm not buying a slave. I'll hire someone to do my expenses. You guys are jerks. How do you guys not think about not right. buying a slave? I swear. I think I will now. Thanks. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as my next my next action Just item. Think, if you had an interview question, that's why you failed. My, my, yeah. Intern, intern. They're called interns, Brian. All right. Well, on that note, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian is up. So yesterday, I couldn't figure out if somebody was like waving at me or someone behind me. Uh, in other news, I lost my lifeguarding job. <laughs> he got it. He got it finally. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow that's like a wow, long time okay. that, that's like a long time for you guys to get hooked in on that one i got it i got it quick pretty quick all right to wrap things up phones as a hotel key is a good idea but might still need some improvement tiktok is logging all your keystrokes but parent company bite dance says not to worry People still keep finding ways to leak data from air gap networks. Bitcoin ATMs aren't as secure as we hoped. And don't buy expensive baby clothes as they will grow out of them quickly. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcat Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For our co-hosts Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bigfoot is real.
Nice day.